0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, Barry William Medidity here, your host for the Freedom Series. And this morning I've got Renee Hasseldine on the call. <laughs> 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 Doing Renee. I'm awesome. So great to be here with you again, Barry. Oh, I love your energy. Uh, I remember when we spoke actually last year, I think it was in the States at the time. It was super yep. late for me, super early for you. But we had an absolute bore. And today today's going to be even better because you've got some amazing things happening that you haven't even shared with your community yet, yeah, uh, only a team though, and we're getting like a world exclusive We're totally
1: season. getting world exclusive, new IP, new shit.
0: New shit, love that. Uh, if you're joining us live, welcome, so grateful to have you here. Hit the like button, let us know that you're about, and uh, throughout the next half an hour, 45 minutes, please post all your questions and comments uh, below, yeah. wherever you're watching this. And uh, Rafi from my team will be sure to feed them through to us here at TGCHQ, and we can get them answered for you as well. So, uh, Renee, let's kind of kick us off. So, you've worked with consultants, uh, experts, thought leaders to turn essentially their brilliant minds into powerful signature systems using visual models. Your yes. is kind of like extracting and unpacking those thoughts, turning them into unique <laughs> intellectual property uh, and sheer genius. You're author of two best-selling books, uh, one being She Passion, and the second one being Game Changer. And you're also the host of Leveraged and Loving It podcast. Welcome this morning.
1: Thank you so so much. I need to add to that bio now that we are award that we have won an Asia Pacific award for innovation for our four model system. Too. I'm like, oh oh oh, exciting new news update. How does bio. That
0: <laughs> How does that happen? How do you win an award for a system?
1: Um yeah, good question. We um, applied. So in 19 years in business, I've never applied for or never submitted any applications for awards, And I got a nudge from a colleague who works in marketing and PR, and she's like, "Why haven't you got any awards yet? Like your stuff is awesome. I'm like, "Well, no one's nominated me. I've never bothered applying. She's like, "I'll do it for you." And so they did the application, and boom.
0: Wow. <laughs> and there we go. Congratulations. Thank
1: yeah, thank you. Thank oh, you. And, and it's so exciting for me because, like, look at me, Buzz. Um, <laughs> because it's, 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 because it's an innovation on? award. Like, some awards mean more than others, I think. Like, if I was to win a Telstra award or a this award or that, like, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, now, 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 now.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, with love. Like, sure, that Multiple. would be cool. Like, I wouldn't poo-poo Multiple. it. I think because this one specifically is about innovation and that's what I pride myself on. Like that's what I care so much about in my business. That's what drives me is innovation. And so to win an award for innovation, get that recognition internationally is like epic for us. Yeah, yeah.
0: Congratulations. Amazing, 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 amazing. So before we kind of dive into this world exclusive with this morning, like what are visual models and why do we need them? Like I remember I was first introduced to them by Simon Bowen. And it blew my mind understanding how these things can take these concepts that we have as entrepreneurs and often sometimes find it hard to explain to others into a way that like anyone can just like get it. Yeah. So so, yeah, what are visual models and why do we need them?
1: So so a visual model, so essentially, you know, when I'm working with consultants, experts, thought leaders, people who run service-based businesses, you know, they're generally founder based, right? They're founder run and the the founder is the person with the stuff all in their head. So we can have two main problems kind of happen. And there's obviously, you know, little tangents that come off this, but the two main things that happen, one is they've got the world's best solution, the world's best product or service, but nobody bloody knows about it. They're not getting buy-in they don't have enough clients. They're not having, they don't have enough, you know, people saying yes, they're getting rejected objections or people are just scrolling right past them. Right. So that's problem. Number one, problem. Number two is Well, maybe they're really great at attracting all the clients, but then they get the other problem, which is they become the bottleneck and they get the opposite of freedom where they are completely changed to their business and everything is on their shoulders. And, you know, that becomes a massive problem for them because they can't scale up and they're working more, you know, they've probably left corporate world to start their own thing and do it better. And now suddenly they've bought themselves a job where they're working longer hours for less money and they have Mm -hmm. zero time for their family or anything else. And yeah. so taking what's in your head and turning them into these visual models, which is basically, it's a summary of complexity. It's like, it's distilled down into four key messages with my four model system. We distill everything. I take everything out of your brain, distill it into four key messages, and then boom your audience gets what you're talking about. And it's in picture form, which is great because it plays with our visual receptors. We remember that more. We get it quicker. Um, yeah. You know, I'm using lots and lots of words here. It would be so much easier if I just showed you a picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what what are the four key kind of models that if we talk about that? Can
1: I show you a picture?
0: Absolutely. Let's, let's do it.
1: Let's do a picture. All right. So this is the world exclusive because this is the new version. So people who've come across me before would have seen my old version of this, which is the sexy models. So I had an acronym which described the four models, which was sexy. And uh, we're now we're moving more into the corporate world. So we're kind of having to uh, put on our big girl pants and be a little bit more adult I'm about our language.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> so this is our new unleashing. I'm a bit excited. This is world exclusive. Here it is. The four model systems. So what you need to do to get that buy-in, to answer those two problems we were talking about, to get the buy-in from your audience and to move away from being founder-reliant to more an IP-led um, service-based business where you can guarantee no matter who in your company, who in your team delivers the service, you know that your quality is guaranteed. You're not sacrificing results for your clients because you're stepping back as the founder. Yep. So these are the four key things you need to create, four key models. Let's do it. First one is a model that shows what are the possibilities for your clients. You want a model that shows the good, the bad, and the ugly. So this is one that's going to show them, you know, what are the problems that they're facing, your clients are facing, and what's possible if you actually get the solution right? Mm -hmm. So it's going to show them so that they can, when they're looking at this model um, that you've created in your own business, your clients will then be able to see where they are. They're going to be like, oh, I'm here. I want to be there. Now there's a gap. Oh, okay. I'm going to close the gap. And so that's going to get them motivated to listen to what's coming next because they've identified a gap and human nature wants to close those gaps, right? So that's the first model. Yeah. The second model then is the pieces of the puzzle. This is like what do they actually need to accomplish? What are the core ingredients for success, right? Mm -hmm. That's our second model. Then the third model is how the hell are we going to do it? What is the process? So this is your step-by-step methodology, your process. And then finally you want to give them the prize. This is answering that all-important what's in it for me question, right? So this is the what are the benefits of actually following through this process? Um, and then the cool thing is the top two pieces of the puzzle, these top two models are all about the why. The pieces model is about the what and the process model is about the how.
0: Yeah, the format system.
1: Yep, yep. And then the cool thing there is that, they, again, those top two are about like the emotional, tapping into the feelings and the, the, the emotive buying kind of process. And the bottom two are more about the rational they're tapping into the what does my brain actually need to believe that this is going to work? And there you have it, four model system. Ah, world first exclusive.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it's something that I think it's important to understand how our brain does process information. Yeah. And this is where, you know, certain industries can find it more challenging to win sales because they maybe speak too emotionally or too intellectually without kind of meeting their prospects where they're at. And I guess visual models and the process you went through there, being able to speak to the why, the what, and the how, really allows a prospect to kind of go, oh, yeah, like that makes sense. I get that. I trust you far more than necessarily reading a contract, which is, yeah. which is very oh, yeah. a, it's, it's very detailed orientated. But it's like people don't make decisions based on detail. They make decisions based first led by emotion, but then they back it up with detail. Yeah. So you've got to be able to en- elicit that emotion with a prospect, with a potential buyer, to then be able to open the door to start sharing the details as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And the cool thing is that once you go through the process of extracting these four key models, that becomes the basis of your whole business. So every proposal that you then send out, you know, you, you create a template. So your proposals are based on that. Everything you do, every package that you deliver, whether you're delivering it one on one or whether you're creating a group mastermind or whether you're doing an online course, they are all then based on this same core key structure, which means that you were just streamlining the heck out of your business. And that's how you reduce, that's how you get freedom, right? Because you're never reinventing the wheel. Anyone can step into your team and, and deliver that service because it's just so streamlined. It's just so clear. There's no one on your team is left guessing of, oh, how would, you know, how would Renee deliver that? It's like, no, you know exactly how I do it because it's in our system. Yeah. And I've trained you in that system and we all know how to do it exactly the same standard.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. And I love uh, the framework that that provides. And within my book, The Path to Freedom. So we, we do a similar thing, but it's not with models per se. And I could see such a beautiful synergy and overlay between the two. Like we talk about businesses have a, a between four to eight core processes. And we see those processes as like a flowchart. Now, for argument's sake, one of our core processes is a process for systemizing your business. And mm-hmm. it's like, once you train someone on that flow chart of like, okay, like first question is, is does a system exist? Yes or no. Right. And it gives you clear indication Well, where do I go to even look if the system exists? And if it does exist, does it work? If it doesn't exist, it takes you to the process of creating that. Mm-hmm. But as you said, like once you create that framework, your team can then go and execute on that. That's how you can create a business that provides you with the freedom because your team have the, the guidelines, the framework to follow and it's not all this guesswork that so many employees have because a business owner doesn't have the structure in place. And yes. it's, not even, it's not even you that has to create all the structure. You've created a no. framework. And your team can go and fill in the blanks and oh, like we need we need a proposal document or we need you know a pitch deck or we need you know some scope of delivery, they can go and create it off your four P model.
1: Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And that kind of leads into you know what I alluded to Uh, be talking about today is I work during school hours, during school terms. I mean, ISO on lockdown kind of thrown a little bit of a spanner in the works, but we're still managing and I can still, you know, the kids are downstairs right now. <laughs> I was yelling at them before this going, shh, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's basically the reason I can do that is because as you're talking about, we have documented the heck out of everything in our business. And so my team, I don't have to micromanage anything. There is not a single day in my business where I have to get up and tell anyone in my team what to do. Yeah, They all know exactly what they have to do every single day without me saying a single word. Yeah, You know, I, I designed myself out of that kind of managing, kind of, like, who wants to do that?
0: Yeah.
1: I just, I couldn't think of anything worse. I mean, I'm, I'm a creator and an innovator. I don't want to be going, have you done this? Have you done that? I'm just not interested in that way of running my business. So... Um, Yeah, we've got everything documented. We use Asana. I don't know where you have everything. Um, We
0: we give Asana a a big plug in the book because we've we've automated the whole business through Asana and through our uh, systemization process. Yeah. Uh, We have, I think, 14, 15 team members now, half of which are in the Philippines. You know, no one works from an office. No one submits a timesheet. And yet the business is just growing month on month. Yes. I love what
1: you said about no one submits a timesheet as well because we, like, I do not pay for time. No. I pay for results, not time. Like, you get paid this much per month to do these jobs. That's it. I don't care how much time it takes you. It's not my business.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But as you said, like, you, know, you don't have to be out of bed at a certain hour to make sure the team's still moving forward. Or so, you know, if they get stuck, it's like they know where to go to get the questions answered. It's, it's yeah. a very, very solid position to be in. And I'm curious to know, like, for you, and if you are watching us live, uh, welcome. Please submit your questions and comments below. Hit the like, and we'll be certainly uh, free to answer them a little bit later on. I've got a couple of questions coming in. We'll get to those in a moment. Okay. Um, so, Renee, like, tell me, what were some of the challenges you came up against moving into the position you're in now. And I say that because I know that it's not a matter of like, oh, I'm just going to design myself out of the business and then you make a decision to do it. It doesn't work like that. There's a, a process we have to go through. Yes. As the entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. I would say the biggest challenges were me. Yes. First was, you know, it's funny because, it, you know, you teach what you most need to learn. If I go back, like, you know, I started my business 19 years ago and, you know, for such a long time I was, I resisted the, um, the niching thing. And I feel like it's almost a problem of someone, someone, you know, I I, I don't want to say this like and sound like being, but I'm a fast learner, right? I can do things. I can learn things. I can be great at a whole lot of stuff. It doesn't take me long to pick something up and be really good at it, right? But that doesn't mean it's my zone of genius. And that doesn't mean it should be my service offering. Yeah. So I, you know, I fell into that trap a lot of being a bit of a jack of all trades and a master of none. So it took me, you know, I was probably fifteen years into my business before I narrowed down into this visual models thing and went, "That's actually my favorite thing out of everything I've ever done." That is the one thing. Why did it take me fifteen years, Barry? I have no idea. (laughs)
0: Look, I I think we share a lot of similarities in our stories as well. Like there was, I I definitely uh, resisted the niching thing for a long time, even though that I knew that was the key to to really growing a great profitable company and serving a lot of people. And the second thing I resisted for a long time too was systemization. Like yeah. I knew the systems would set me free. But yet I just I don't know why. Like I just, just
1: That's for the boring people. That's why story, it's a story we tell ourselves about what the systems
0: mean. And now like I, I'm in love with systems. Like
1: Yeah. Do you do? Because I know I've talked to a few people because I'm actually a very organized person. So I kind of love systems, but people I've talked to who've resisted it. They see systems as a bit of a cage. They see like systems will take away their freedom. Yeah, there's a bit of that's the kind of the story I've heard. Have you heard that?
0: Oh, absolutely, but it's bullshit. And it's the
1: opposite. Like it 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 sounds counterintuitive, but like creating the system gives you the freedom, even though the system sounds like a big scary cage.
0: But there's so much there's so much within business though, Renee, that is counterintuitive. And it's counterintuitive because of the way we got brought up and because of the way we got put through the schooling system. You know, we mm-hmm. were taught that we needed to get things right, we needed to get top marks or essays, we weren't allowed to fail. like all these things that we were taught, you know, almost is the opposite of what we need to be as entrepreneurs, which is like free spirited and Innovative and disruptive, and like willing to risk it, and all these different things are coming. But the same thing too, like in business, it's like the habits and mentalities and behaviors that get us to like a million bucks or one point five is almost the opposite that gets you to ten million dollars. You mm. know, and that's what's so interesting about this journey is that you can't rely on what you've once known to get you to where you want to go. You've got to be constantly willing to to, to recreate yourself, yes, each, day, each week and lean into what's present in that moment. But you're exactly right. Like there was two things for me. It's like one. Uh, I didn't want to feel like I was caged in. And two, the thought of me having to, to, to write all the systems and processes was daunting. And That's like
1: the number one. Like the, I can imagine that. It's like it's a thing that's on your to-do list. It gets procrastinated forever.
0: Oh, uh, years, like probably 10 years. It kept on getting pushed down and pushed because down. Because we have to think that we have to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that was the thing. Like once I realized I didn't have to be the one that did it, like I could write one system, which was the system for writing systems, which we, we give away in the book. And teach that one system. It's like then the team can go and systemize the way that I want to be systemized, the way that works. There's a revision process. It's like we have systems. I don't even know what they are or how they work now, nor do I need to. Like we just implemented a new CRM system. I have no idea how to use it, but like I don't want to be on my computer. That's not my zone of genius. That's not what I want to be doing. Exactly. And if you systemize the business properly and you align the systemization with team building and, and culture, you should be able to create an organization that provides you a lot more freedom because you have an organization full of entrepreneurs, people that can think for themselves, people that can act whilst having a framework to operate in. But there's so much flexibility because the same mundane shit that most business owners get caught with putting out fires every day is not an issue anymore because the systems around that stuff.
1: I don't even know when the last time I had a fire to put out. Like, what fires? We don't have fires. Nothing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Systems free
1: into the best.
0: So let's talk about you being the biggest problem in your business.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, okay. So it was me resisting the niching, like, because that works for everybody else, but not me. I'm different. I was, I'm clearly very different, right? Yeah. I, well, I'm a unicorn. Like, I don't want to be like everyone else. Yeah. Not someone calling me normal is the worst insult ever. So, you know, I didn't want to be like anyone else.
0: I'm, gl- um, I'm glad, glad you took 10 years to before you felt that you, you were now not normal enough that you could then niche. <laughs>
1: I'm in my 40s now, Barry. I'm still like, I, I get I get excited and when my kids tell me them. I'm weird. I'm like, yes, I'm winning.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Life goals, right? Um, yeah. So, so that yes, it was me resisting the niching. It was also to do with the, the team and, you know, yes, building the systems, but it was more about, for me, no one's going to be able to do it as well as I do it, right? It was resisting that delegation, resist like, kind of holding on to, but I do it better than anyone else.
0: And how do you feel about that now? <gasps> really? Public, public <laughs> admittance.
1: Public, like, yeah, totally. And so this is what it is, Barry, I think, you know, you talk about, well, what's the difference between someone like getting to 1.5 million or then the person, you have to be the different person to get it to five or 10 million, right? The thing that will keep us growing our businesses is us keeping growing ourselves. I have a commitment to constantly working on myself, um, and, and, you know, what case in point for that, like I'm actually signing up now um, and to do um, an Allies in Action course, which is purely, you know, t- so this is working with Indigenous Australians to, you know, how can I be, be better as an ally, right? Because it's one thing to say, I'm not racist, but well, what does that actually, how are you anti-racist? How am I stopping racism? How am I working against racism in the system, right? As a business owner, how do I set an example for other people? You know, if we've got a following, I feel like I've got a responsibility to do the right thing, to do better, to be better, to make a difference, you know, not just in my business, but I started my business because I give a shit and I want to make a difference. I want to I do something in this world that leaves it a better place, right? The business runs like a well-oiled machine. How, right, what's next level for me? that's where I'm heading and, and there's, there'll always be something new of something that I'm working on in me, which will, that, this is that thing. I know me doing that is going to affect my business. Yeah. I don't know how, and I don't, you know, I'm not doing it because it will affect my business, but I just, it's just knowing that the more I work on myself, the more the business grows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually share, I write a whole chapter, chapter 13's all around just that. And my honest belief is that we never have business problems. We only have our personal problems that get expressed through our business. And I don't start the book that way because from my experience, a lot of business owners aren't receptive or open to to really the responsibility that we have to take, personal responsibility to grow Mm -hmm. a great business. It's very easy for us to be doers. It's like, oh, I'll just do this thing. I'll just put this system in. I'll just build this funnel. I'll just hire this staff member. That's easy because it's kind of like tangible. Right? Yeah. And it's outside of us. But, but
1: things are easy to tick off a, t- an action list.
0: Absolutely. But it's like work on my mindset. Is that a tick today or a cross or like how do I even do that? Um, it's never finished. That's the problem with it. <laughs> that's, that's right. But that I believe is is the key. I believe that uh, the business will never outgrow the founder. And yeah. for chapter 13, I dedicate a whole chapter. Each chapter we've psychology into all those steps because I. I've seen business owners that have gone and put the steps in like, oh, cool, I'm ready to exit. It's like, no, you're not because you haven't changed inside. Like your business can run without you. But if you step out right now, you'll sabotage that shit and be, and be drawn back in. You'll destroy what you've created because you haven't changed yourself enough to be okay to step into the unknown of what's next.
1: Yeah.
0: that's yep. a tough hole. Like if we have built this business over 10 years, 18 years to where it can now run without us and we step out, although we, although, although we have these grand ideas, we've got 18 years of our identity wrapped up in what we just created. It's like, it's like sending a kid off to an orphanage. You won't do it. Yeah, yeah. Like you won't do it. There's got to be a weaning off process and, and a huge shift in the way we identify the business to be able to step out. And as you said, now, like your, your focus and your passion is on something far grander. Why in the background? Your business is running like clockwork. You don't need to be there. There's yeah. no guilt. There's no shame. There's no you needing to try to get you fixed by something breaking and you, being the saviour to go and you know, get it fixed up as well. Uh, I've got a couple of questions here I want to touch on. If you're watching live, uh, welcome. So grateful to have you here. Hello. Um, please put your comments and questions below and we'll get to an answer for you. Uh, Dee from Estonia says, balancing between rational and emotional love that within your four Ps model there. If Renee resisted being niched or boxed, uh, how did a mindset face uncertainty or having to set targets?
1: Oh, okay, hold on, let's break that down.
0: Contact so kind two questions there. So first one, if if you resisted being niche and boxed in, how did your mindset face uncertainty? I guess in the last six months?
1: Well, I think it was because I loved uncertainty. I loved variety. Like that was I was I was more excited by variety than by certainty. Yes. My fear around one of my fears around being niche was I would get bored shitless. If I put it in if I'm only working with one type of client doing this one type of thing. I'm going to be bored and then I self-sabotage because that's essentially what I would do is I would like, I would build up this business. I'd get a full book of clients. I'd be maxed out. I'd be awesome. Everything would be running great. Plenty of money coming in, all good. And then I'd actually sabotage. I'd call all my clients and rate them and start again because I was bored. Yeah. I, I did that. So I lost count of how many times I did that barrier. It's the stupidest yeah. thing I've ever, you know, but, but that was me sabotaging myself because I was so addicted to the, I was like a junkie, right? For me, a new business, that's where all the excitement is because that's where all the creativity is and that's where it's like, oh, I new understand. business, I can do anything. Like that, that. the possibility of anything for me, it was so exciting. So I would just like be like looking for my next high by looking for my next new business. So I'd be like, ah, oh, boring, chuck it out, break up with all the clients. I want to do something else. And I would just start again. Yeah. It was like yeah. this, uh, that was my self-sabotage. So that was, you know, me, <laughs> me resisting niching because I felt like there, I, couldn't, I couldn't be happy if I was stuck with one thing. That, yeah. was, that was what I was telling myself.
0: Interesting thing is because all you're referencing your experience of was your past, mm. right? And, and your past of where you got your hit from, right? Yeah. That dealer you'd go to, to get your hit from, which is like break up with clients and start again. Yeah. What well, you had an experienced of the life that you have now. And and that's why it's so important yeah. to embrace the uncertainty because it was the same thing. Like when I exited TGC, I'd helped so many clients through the process before. I knew what I was about to go through. But knowing it and going through it are two very different things. Yeah. And I knew that if I didn't fill my time with something resourceful, I would, I would, I would break shit. And so that was why I decided to move. I started writing a book, learning to surf, doing all these things that were way outside of my comfort zone, guitar. And I had no desire to like play the guitar or be a musician, but I was shit at it at school and I was, and like, I was, not, like, not shit, like, I was terrible and I was, like, I'm going to learn to play the guitar because I knew that it would stimulate me and challenge me in such a radical way, like, so differently than business. Like, business is what I knew yeah. to go through that process. But that was how I kind of got my hit, I guess, and started to fill up these resourceful aspects until that part of me could kind of, like, break up with the relationship that I had in the business and, yeah. and essentially start afresh to go, wow, now that that's happening there in the background, like who is Barry? Who is Barry without his business? Yeah. Like who mm. am I without need, being needed by staff, where they're having to sell or do marketing or coach clients? Like who, who am I and what am I passionate about? But I never thought that I'd be where I'm now with what's opened up in terms of creativity. Yep. But I could never have dreamt this or thought this back from what I knew.
1: Mm. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I I found like you know I'm I'm steps away from 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 the exit strategy. Like I'm not I'm not there yet. I've still got five to 10 years playing in this business. Like I I, I love it because, and, and I think this is the key, you know, cause if anyone else is resonating with that, you know, getting bored with niching thing, what I managed to do in the way that I can still get my, my hit, right. I, I found a positive resourceful way to get my hit inside my business. Yes. And that is that like, now that because I focused on my zone of genius being the visual models, because I only do that one thing, which I love, but that could get boring if I didn't do it the way that I have. So every single client that comes to me, I'm creating a brand new set of models, which is like that's the high I get from a brand new business. So yeah. every single client that I work with on their visual models, that's my hit. That's that, that It's like I get my hit. I'm good. I don't need to break up with anyone. And 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 then the thing oh, is God, as well is that I also don't do, I don't do long-term programs and things as well. So... I've tried running, you know, 12 month masterminds and doing all that. That does not work for a person like me. Right. I could get someone else to run it for me in my business, but, but it's, but it's not, it's not what lights me up. Yeah. What lights me, like I'm a like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like we get in there, we make the models and then I get the hell out. Like go for it. You're a smart person. Go, you know how to run your business. You don't need me anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of like, I'm a, the long-term relationship. <laughs> Versus the wham bam thank you. Like I'm not a long term relationship kind of service provider. That's it doesn't doesn't stimulate me because yeah. that's where I want to break up with people.
0: You raise an important point, and that important point that I see is building a business that suits your lifestyle. Yeah, and your personality life. and your strengths. Like you, you, you could choose to work one day a week or six days a week. Like there's no there's no fit structure. The 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 opportunity you have as an entrepreneur is to create a business that suits your lifestyle. And you can't do that if you look in the revision mirror all the time or looking to competitors or looking to anybody else. It's it's okay, what's like spend more time looking into you and trying to work out what you like and what you resonate with and and how things work for you. Like for me, same thing. Like we have long-term programs that I don't deliver, I don't have really any involved with anymore. I get to hang out with amazing people like you, do interviews like this, I get to create different methodologies, I get to pull join Ventures Together, you know, acquire businesses, like all these different things that I love. Like that's what fuels me, yes. you know, training my team. So it's, it's kind of finding out like, like if I could create anything right now for me, like what would that be? And that inquiry is not an overnight thing. Like you've been inquiring into that for the last 19 years. For me, it's been yep. the last 18 years. Yeah. You know, and that inquiry won't ever stop as well because we change and we evolve and we grow. Yeah, yeah the answers
1: mean? to those questions today are not the same as 19 years ago.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. And then yeah. that's why we can't rely on looking at the past to create the decisions for the future either. We have to be willing to let go of what we've once known because we're in different times and change that thought. Yeah. Um yeah. more questions I want to get through here. If you've got questions, please uh, dump them in. So Bring so it I'm on. question like, how do you go around having targets? Like if you have resisted being niche to boxed in, how do you go about having targets with your business?
1: Well, we have targets now. So because I found resourceful ways to actually meet those needs, if anything that you're doing in your business feels like a cage, that's a, that's a warning sign. Yeah. Find a way to make it not feel like a cage. So I've removed all the cages in my business. Nothing feels like a cage for me because if, if it's any task that I don't like doing, it's delegated to someone else, you know, the services we offer. Of course, now because I love the, whole, the business at every layer, of course we have targets, yeah. right? Because I don't have resistance anymore. Yes. So, yes, of course we have targets. We have a target of how many authority accelerator clients we work with each year. We have a target of how many game changer clients we work with each year. And then moving into sort of our next phase. So before, you know, for me, the exit strategy, I don't need to be doing this, but I'm not going to get my internal team to do it. We're ready to certify and license people around yeah. the world to run this award-winning four-model system because every single business coach in the world can be using this system to be working with their clients. I don't need to be there to deliver that, right? The IP, it's IP-led, it's not Renee-led, yeah, right? So I can train up people all around the world to do it. And that's when I said, you know, I'm a couple of steps away from the exit strategy. So yes, we have targets. Yeah. We have targets for, you know, all of those things. And, you know, it'd be crazy to try and run a business without them, I'd say.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I nicely put, like, I love how you shared that because You've, you've fallen in love with business at every level and you've done that because you don't see any aspect as a burden, right? Yeah. Because you I remove the burdens. There's things that need to be done, but they don't need to be done by you. And, and what took me a little while to realise is that I can hire people to do stuff that I don't like doing that they actually love doing. Like, yes. like I, people love doing stuff that I don't love doing. And like when you put people in their inspired. Some people love
1: bookkeeping. Can you believe that? Like what is wrong with them? I mean, love.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, but when you hire these people in, you can fall in love with every aspect of the business and you no longer see as a burden and it frees you up. And equally two KPIs, you can understand how those KPIs or how those targets are driving your vision, right? Driving you guys to where you want to be. A uh, question from Stevie, uh, late in the show, looking back, what were the pros and cons of visual model system? Oh. Good question. Cons.
1: Stevie, geez. What of the cons of visual models. Well, I, I guess the cons are, if you do it wrong, you're going to, you know, they're going to do more harm than good. Really one of the main mistakes people make is they try and take when they, when they, Oh, they hear this idea, like, Oh, I need a visual model. They'll try and take everything in their brain and put it into one picture, which will look like a dog's breakfast. Yeah, Right. Um, so make sure that you're kind of putting it into those four different models so that each of those four models has its own function. You know, that's a really important thing. The pros, um, we did talk about that earlier Stevie, but, um, I can recap on that. So essentially, basically, what those models will give you is a clear USP, right? You will have a very, very clear USP that you can explain clearly and succinctly. Um, You will have high value in terms of you will attract high value clients. You'll be able to sell high value, high ticket packages and products and your business will, will generate a higher value. You will have a higher profit. And so it's all about, you know, high value. And thirdly, it's about that consistent quality is as the founder, you can step back and it doesn't matter who delivers the service to your clients, you can guarantee consistent, high quality that you pride yourself on. So you can expand and grow your business, reach more people without sacrificing results and without completely, you know, killing yourself as the business owner. So yeah, yep. that'd be the main ones. And so you get to have the massive impact that you started your business for in the first place.
0: Nice put. We've got a bunch of questions here. We've got time for one more. Uh... Tom Vandelaide, Renee is into course creation. So, have you thought of less conventional teaching methods like what were your thoughts on homeschooling? you currently homeschooling now.
1: Love it. Love it. All right. So, um, so, yes, I did. So, course creation was before I narrowed down on the visual models, I was doing more broadly. I was helping people with course creation. So, before I had children, this is kind of you know personal insight into Renee's brain. Before I had children, you know I was I'm the vegan hippie who lives in an eco village, right? I was going to homeschool my kids because that was the um, romanticized earth goddess version of myself was this homeschooling mama bear. You know we were going to be we're all going to wear white and run through the meadows with daisies in our hair, and it was you know that was going to be our homeschooling. Was we were going to be pottering in the garden and making our own yo- um, yogurt, and you know it was going to be all very Come on, seriously. Then, then Renee actually had a baby. <laughs> and I was like, when does this thing start school? <laughs> I got so bored, so bored not doing this stuff.
0: Yeah. I, okay. need,
1: I need this to be the best version of me and that's how I'm an awesome parent is that, you know, the best parent I can be, let's not say I'm an awesome parent, but the best parent I can be has to come from me being the best version of myself. And yeah. the best version of myself is doing work that lights me up.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so if anyone's watching this uh, either live or on the replay today, how can they connect with you or find out more about the amazing work you do with Vision Models? Go to shareyourpassion.com.au. shareyourpassion.com.au. Rafi, put a link below. Um, Thanks, Rashi. If you know not in the replay, just let us know and, and of course, still feed through your questions. We're we'll going to answer it as well. And, uh, look, if you'd like to register for the pre-release copy of my book, The Path to Freedom, the nine steps to create a highly profitable business that can run without you, book is being loaded to Amazon as we speak. First copies will be shipped out the 3rd of August. Entry details below in the link, and we've got a bunch of bonuses that we've announced uh, as well. If you haven't yet checked out, check out the episode last Sunday, the 12th, that I uh, recorded with Amber uh, Valhauer, which was our kind of pre-release episode where we both bonused a bunch of stuff in there to get your copy of the book as well. Renee, it's always so much fun having you on the show. Uh, Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for everything you shared today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for getting up early. (laughs) Or is that not early for you?
0: No, I'm in Perth. Uh, I guess it's kinda early. Early, yeah. So it was
1: nice nice, easy ten fifteen for me. That's like Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye everyone. Thanks so much, Barry.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Game Changers podcast. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd love you to do to help us and help yourself to spread the message further. Uh, make sure that you like The Game Changers on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, please subscribe by clicking the link below to ensure that you keep up to date with the weekly episodes we uh, share here at The Game Changers podcast with amazing entrepreneurs and business owners around the world. And of course, like if you're in a position where you may be overwhelmed with business or looking for a way to grow faster and more effectively, and you realize that the key to success is being surrounded by amazing people who have been there and done that before I'd like to invite you to apply to have a game plan session one-on-one with one of my team here at The Game Changers. There's no cost. If you get through, uh, all that we ask is that you are doing a minimum of $250,000 per year to really be able to utilize the strategies and tactics and the mindset shifts that we share with you, uh, that you're coachable, that you're a decent person, and you're, you know, you're willing to take on board some advice. If not... That's totally cool, uh, but I know for me, I wouldn't be where I'm right now without the support of so many mentors and coaches and resources along the way. And I'd like to pay that forward and give back to you the opportunity to work with uh, us one-on-one for free to put together a customized game plan. And the reason we're doing this is a couple of things. Number one is that sometimes it's just the smallest thing that can make the biggest difference. And uh, I think that entrepreneurs and business owners have the option to change the world and if we can maybe help you to, to make the smallest shift to change your life and your world uh you're changing ours in return the second thing is that we are always looking for amazing clients to work with and to welcome into and invite into the game changers community and so if at the end of the call you do feel that there's a huge amount of value there uh that we fit, feel that there's a great values fit there we can have a conversation about working together but uh this game plan call there's absolutely no obligations to work with whatsoever allow us to help you with uh the years and years and years of, of, of knowledge that we have in growing and scaling great companies. And uh, I think that uh, business owners are the future of the world. If there's a way that we can help you to create a better business, more profit, more fulfillment, more fun, I uh, would love the opportunity to do that now. So click the link below, book your game plan session, make sure you follow us on social and start to date with the latest episodes of the Game Changers podcast. My name's Barry William-McGriddy. Thank you so much for your support and look forward to seeing the next one.